Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. We're living in the last days. We see a lot of things going on. We see a lot of riots and racial riots and things like this that were talked about in the Bible that was going to occur in the last days. My job is to equip this church, you as the people of God, for what's getting ready to happen in the last days. You must be equipped and you must know that you need not error knowing the truth of God. This should not catch you off guard because Jesus told us, he said, I told you these things before they happen, so when they happen, you might believe. So the things that are coming up on the world will shock the world, but as the people of God, we need not be in error because we know it's the time that has to come. One of the things that's prevalent and that's really coming up on the earth now and that we see it, I thank God for our marriage class today because some of the people brought it out, and that is that a lot of marriages are falling apart, just falling apart. And not only that, but relationships in general are falling apart. This is a sign of what Jesus talked about in the last days, that the love of many will wax cold. So every relationship will be under stress and strain. So my job is to equip you with the Word of God so you will know how to handle yourself in every relationship so you can live the abundant life. And while everybody else is going through, you could be getting over. God does not want you to go down. He wants you to use His Word to stay on top because during this time, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Relationships, Jesus said, and I hate to say it, but he was telling the truth because you're going to have to make a stand. He said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Mother and daughter against each other, father and son. In other words, he's coming to make sure that you understand whose side you're on. He wants you to understand what do you believe about him? He wants you to understand that the Word of God is the only foundation that can handle what this world is going to be able to go through. If you're not standing on the foundation of God's Word, you will not be able to stand. Pastor, what do you mean when you say stand on the Word of God? It simply means if the Word says do this, then you do this. If the Word says do that, then you do that. For instance, with all the things going on with Black Lives Matter and things like that, what does God tell you how to handle yourself? He said, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Don't go out and try to destroy them. Love them. Love them. So God's giving us direction on how to handle it. So today what we're going to be looking at is how to handle relationships. And I told you last week, the one thing that God has given as the glue to hold all relationships together is love. Love. Now, my goal now is to teach you how to respect the power of love. So I'm going to take you a little bit deeper this week into getting you to understand the power of love. Love is a force that you cannot stop, but it's also something that you cannot force. Amen? Once you fall in love with somebody, you just don't up and put brakes on and stop yourself. A little bit too late for that. You're head over heels. And it's also something that you can't force. You cannot make someone love you. And most people, uh, I'm going to challenge some of the things that you hear 
and have heard in the past. And because there are a lot of people who sung about these things, but they didn't have the knowledge of what they were singing about. And therefore, we listened to the song so much that it got into our spirit. And when our time came and when things came into our life, we kind of reverted back to what we heard. And what we heard wasn't always true. So we're going to bring some light to all these issues as we deal with this thing on love. But the main goal is for you to realize that love is needed in every relationship. Amen? So a good relationship that I told you last week uh, is designed. A good relationship with God is what everyone needs to enjoy life. How many of you really want to enjoy life? I'm here to tell you the only way you're going to enjoy life, you're going to have to have God involved. You cannot enjoy life without God. You may not want to believe it. You may not even want to accept it. But the truth is, if you're going to enjoy life, God is going to have to be the center of that. Or else you can get so far off and not realize that you're off, but enjoying the world rather than enjoying life. So it's very important that you understand that. If you're going to enjoy life, your first relationship needs to be with God. That's the first somebody you need to have a relationship with. And when mankind was first created, the first relationship he had was with God. Before he had one man, he had God. Amen? Now, I talked to you last week, was God enough? I'm going to get into that this week so it'll be able to help you to understand what we were talking about and what I meant. A good relationship, watch this, good relationships are hard to form. They are hard to form. Even hard to maintain but they are very easily to be destroyed. This relationship, your relationship with God wasn't easy to form. Now, you may be older now, and you may be better in forming this relationship, but when you first started, it was difficult. It was difficult because God put some things out there that was difficult for you to follow up on or to comprehend or to understand. When you want to be mad at somebody, God wouldn't let you. When you want to act a fool, God won't let you. The Bible says because God loves you so much, he constrains you. Mm -hmm. The love of God constrains you, according to the Bible. Some things that you're going to want to do, but because you're in a relationship with God, you can't. You cannot. Because of this relationship with God, some of you are living better lives today. It wasn't wasn't you. (laughs) Don't get it twisted. It was the God in you. You remember when you just wanted to cuss somebody out? Amen. Couldn't do it. That's because God has started taking residence in your life and started taking a little bit more control over your emotions. Yeah. Now, some of you all who have not yielded yourself to God, your emotions are still rampant. That means if somebody says something wrong to you, you might just go there. Our goal is to teach you with the Word of God to submit yourself to the Word of God and do what the Word of God says do so that you won't go there. Amen? Not everybody in here is on the same level. Some of you are on a higher level than others. Some of you have got more control over the flesh than others. Some of you are still struggling with the flesh. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't mind you struggling with your flesh. I don't mind it at all. As long as you're struggling with it, that means there's still some fight left in you. You're just not letting yourself go. For those of you who have just given up and let yourself go, there's no hope. You're going to go from bad to worse. 
you're going to have to go back and check your relationship with God because you can get hurt so badly out there dealing with this thing called love that you give up on life, therefore giving up on God. Many times I find out when people, especially in marriage or relationships, when they hurt the most, they get mad at God. It's sad for you to get mad at somebody for something that you did. I tell my daughter all the time, she do that same thing. When we get mad at each other, she do her thing and I do mine. We won't talk to each other. And not talking to each other, we just, and I know I'm teaching the wrong. I'm trying to do better, all right? All right? So, so I go through the house and not say nothing to her. And she'll go through the house like I don't exist, all right? And then we finally get back around to talking to each other. I ask her the question, how are you going to punish me for what you did wrong? You're going to stop talking to me. You ain't going to have a conversation with me because you were wrong. So I can't punish you. If I punish you, you're not going to talk to me. Do you hear that? This is not healthy in relationships. All right? And I had to go back to see how God was dealing with it because I said, okay, God, God, did you ever get to a point where you weren't talking to Adam? Never did. I never shut him off. When he messed up on me, I took care of him. God's always open and willing and ready to receive you when you come to some sense. That's why he said he is love. God is love. God is patient. He's long suffering. He never gives up. Some of y'all got to go back and not give up on your children. You got to pray them through. It's easier to give up than to pray them through. Oh, that went over your head. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This thing that we've got with love, it is so powerful. It'll get your kids off of drugs, off alcohol. <laughs> it'll get them, it'll get them, it, it, whew, it is powerful. And once we really start understanding the power of it, we understand why the devil is attacking relationships so much. If he can get you away from love or get you to confuse love, he can take you down. God planned that every relationship should be built on love. Every relationship built on love. And every relationship must learn to what? Respect the power of love. Who is that, Stephanie Mills? Yes. She learned to respect the power of love. Sometimes you are foolish in your thinking. And you end up thinking it's all about you. And when you fall in love, that other person thinks it's all about them. Therein lies the danger. And one of you all is going to come out respecting the power of love. I'm going to tell you the truth about this. Opposite do attract. Opposites do attract. You ever looked at somebody and you saw how easy and nice and quiet she was? And how loud and out of place he was? You find sometimes a man would be real calm, cool, and collected. And, he, and you look at his wife and say, you need to collect her. Because she is totally opposite of what you are. Why? Because opposites do attract. So you can't get mad at the person that you're involved in because they're not like you. Thank God they're not like you. Because both of you all will be messed up. God has a way of allowing opposite to attract because you're going to need him to help you balance each other out. 
Amen. All right. So the farther we get into this, the more understanding that you will get. But Matthew chapter 24 and 12 says that, and because of iniquity or sin, sinful people, iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And he was telling his disciples this because they came and asked him, give us a sign of when the end is going to be. He said, when you see the love of many begin to wax cold, you know something is going on. These are the beginning of sorrow. When you see all this going on out here in the world today, this is the beginning of sorrow. It has begun, it has started, and we need to know how to carry ourselves based on the word of God. So I remember uh, back then, I used some songs that, that I, I, I told you that I remember a long time ago. Uh, Terry them got on me this week about all the old stuff that I see and all, all the pictures that I watch. And it's just revelation to me to see how God is really speaking through, through songs and, and times. And I see how we got so confused when we start to try our best to, to understand something that God has put in place. But yet and still, we don't, we don't figure it all out. There's a song, uh, a group called Foreigner. I don't know if you all ever remember. But this guy had gotten to a point where he was in a relationship and it went sour on him, got bad on him. And... He just wanted to know. He said to him, I want to know what love is. It hurt him so bad that he got to a point, he said, I just need to hit. He had to stop everything and say, I need to think life over. <laughs> I better read between the lines just in case I need him when life grows colder. He got to a point, he said, this mountain that I must climb. It feels like a world is on my shoulders. Sometimes when you get involved in a relationship, it seems so heavy and so depressing that it makes you think your life over again. God, what am I doing wrong? God, how did I go wrong? God, why can't I get over this? God, why can't I walk away from that? You begin to discover the power of love. Yeah, Al Green had it close when he said, love will make you come home early. Love will make you do right. And some folks miss it and say, love will make you do wrong. That's your choice, baby. God said both before your life and death, blessings and curse, you choose. If you want to do right, love is there to make you do right. If you want to do wrong, love will find a way to get out your way. Mm -hmm. In every relationship, it's just that way. So, I want to ask you a question today. Do you really want to know what love is? I'm going to tell you this. Love is complicated. <laughs> it's a complicated emotion that is difficult to understand, and we try our best to understand it. You cannot come to me and explain to me how much you love me. It's too powerful that. It's too big for that. Miss King can say, I love you all day long, and that's good. She may get a smile. She may even get a response, and I love you back. But that's not how love is designed. It's too much power. It's more powerful than that. Most people believe that love revolves around the heart. I get my heart into it, and I feel from my heart. I love you from my heart. But, baby, it's deeper than that. Your brain has a lot to do with it. 
God designed us in an awesome way. There are chemical that releases in your brain. When you see somebody and you like them or you call yourself love, it's some chemical that releases in your brain. Oops, you didn't know that. And it goes and tackles your emotions. That's why young kids, when they get through, and, and, and most of y'all don't realize it, but, but it's infatuation. Most kids or young people, or you when you were in love, thought you were in love. We call it puppy love. But you were in love because of the way that that, that person may have reminded you of your daddy or your uncle or, or somebody who made you laugh. Young girls, I tell you, really, really serious. You need to watch the ones who make you laugh. They could be sagging. They could have they, they wear a new style hairdo all over their head. Won't come, whatever. And that's fine. They could have a grill in their mouth. They could have they could be packing with cocaine all around the gold chain, everything. But if they can make you smile, if they can make you laugh, and you say, <laughs> he said, uh huh. And watch this. Most of the young men out there don't have a rap what we had when we were coming up. They don't have that. What they're using is influence from the enemy. They're being pimped by the devil and don't know it. He's been playing us for the longest. You only understand it when you get married and you can't get out and play no more. You can look back then and say, oh, I remember when I used to be in the club. And I did it. So I'm not standing before you holy. I remember when I was in the club, Smokefield Club, dark. Can't see across the room. But you look over there and all of a sudden your eye meet their eye. And you know what? You got them. Because you think you're so fly, you got this going on. No, what you got is spirits. Familiar spirits. She came and see you, and you came and see her, but y'all connect. That was demonic. And you thought you had it going on. But it was a devil that was influencing you. You was after the wrong type of love. And when you get your wires crossed, it can mess you up really bad. It can complicate the situation. Make it hard to deal with, unbearable. The brain generates that chemical that will demonstrate that you love. But there's different ways that you express love. Some people can express love by saying, I love you. Some buy you stuff. Some give you stuff. But they're trying to find a way to what? Demonstrate to you how much they love you. Now, I'm going to talk to you about some words in the Greek. There are four words in the Greek that we're going to look at. Maybe not all of them today, but we're going to look at one major one so that you'll be able to see it. Because there are four types of love. Or in the ancient Greek, it gave us four different type classifications for love. It, bro- it took that word and broke it down so that we can understand it. One of the words is agape. And most of us know it. That's a God kind of love. The unconditional love. God has this type of love for mankind. Once you start handling this type of love, you better be careful. Because all other love hinges on this. You don't want to lose this type of love, but you want to embrace it because this type of love is going to help you to identify the other types of love. 
Most of you don't realize it, but this is a powerful love. This one is what we call God, the God kind of love. This love is powerful. All right? Then there's Philea. It's Philadelphia. That's a city of brotherly love. That's where they got that name from, brotherly love. It's a type of love that in a close friendship. Young people see it all the time. They pick this friend. They have this friend. But guess what? Without a God pay, your friend can change on you. Mm-hmm. And most young people realize this. When they go to school, they look at people who are supposed to be their friend today, and tomorrow they're with somebody else talking about them. Mm-hmm. But they say they love you. I love you. I love you. But they talk about you. They put you down. That's not the agape type of love. Story James. Love that grows between family members. Mother and daughter, father, son, father, family members. That's the type of love that gets strong. It binds the family together. And then there's eros, sexual, exotic love. That's where we get confused at. That's the love that we think that we're in because we are sexually involved. What you really have is a soul tie. It's not so much agape. It is a soul tie. And in soul ties, you can get to a point where you don't want nobody else to have what you got. And that's when you get crazy in the head. You start acting a fool. If I can't have you, can't nobody have you. That's possessive. That is not of God. We learned last week, according to John 3.16, that love is so powerful it must be demonstrated. You have to demonstrate love. For God so loved the world that, that he demonstrated it. He gave his only begotten son. If you really agape somebody, you really love them, it's going to cause you to give. You can't stop yourself. You're going to want to come to their rescue. You're going to want to be there for them. You're going to help them out. They could do no wrong. That's why you see some women, and, and, and they don't realize that they in love, but the guy you're in love with ain't in love with you. How do you know? Because he's hitting you upside your head. That ain't love. That's not love. Young ladies, if a guy loves you and four others, that ain't love. If you love him and four others, that ain't love. Because y'all got so nowadays that it's just, woo, goodness. But anyway, love is so powerful, it cannot just necessarily be said. It must be demonstrated. And that's why the devil is after it so much. If he can't stop you, he's going to try to deceive you or make you think what what love is and that it's all about the erotic type of love, and that's not God. Amen? The type of love that we talked about is agape, the God kind of love. And watch this. This is an unconditional love that sees beyond. Watch this, the outer surface. It accepts the person for who or what she is, regardless. Regardless of their flaws. You could bring your, your son, your daughter, could bring the worst criminal home, and they can't see their fault. You look at him and say, what, really? Where you find him at? Where you find her at? Put him back in that hole. Put him back under that log. This ain't it. And they're looking at you like, you don't want me to have nobody. No, just not that somebody. You've been blinded, and you've been through it, so you know, but you can't get them to see it. They've been blinded by love. And you're like, I know he ain't no good. Well, you don't like nobody I bring home. 
what's wrong with you? You're so old-fashioned. You're so this, you're so that. No, you know. And after a while, they come back, and they can't eat, they can't sleep, they can't talk to nobody. They mad, they grouchy. Why? Because this person has shown them who they really are. Uh-huh. You saw it, and he showed to them, but they couldn't see it. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. If he, don't, if he, if he, if he act like he ain't no good, I can change him. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> you can talk to somebody who tried to change him and find out that it don't happen that way. This agape love will make you look over their faults, their shortcomings, all their issues. It's a sacrificial type of love. And you're the one who's going to be sacrificed. You're the one who's going to end up paying the price. And young folk can't wait to get in love. They little emotions just start to get out. And just because you're, listen to me, young people, just because your body starts to get excited and you, 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 you awaken this, this desire inside of you, it does not mean it's time to fulfill that desire. You got to learn to wait on love. <laughs> you got to wait on it because it's something that you can't handle. And it looks like everybody got somebody and they're trying to give them to you. Mm-hmm. No, wait, wait. Be patient. Because if you're really in love, you understand. I gave you last love is patient, love is kind. All right. Although you may not like somebody, you can still love them. Some of you all, uh, especially married folks. Uh-huh. I don't love it no more. Well, stop acting like you don't like them. You, you can, I mean, come on now. You might not like them, but still love them. Love is patient. Love is kind. And I'm going to show you in a minute how you got to handle yourself in situations because God created you in his image and in his likeness. That means God created you to act like God. He did not create you to act like your own self or how you feel. He wants you to act like him in every situation, in every relationship that you come in contact with to demonstrate who he is. For God is love. Some of y'all can win y'all husband or y'all wives over if you learn how to be patient. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, you said for better or for worse. And now that it's gotten worse, you want to get out. No, you made a commitment. You made a covenant agreement that you were going to stay in this thing for better or for worse. Now, I'll deal with that later on because I know some of y'all. He goes outside my head. Well, the Bible does give you a way out. If he be not pleased, let him go. So if he's hitting you upside your head, he ain't happy with you. <laughs> now, he's going to lie to you and tell you, this is something you did wrong. But truth is, he ain't happy with himself. And if you hit him upside his head, you're not happy with yourself. Because there are some women that whoop men. Mm-hmm. Y'all know. All right, leave that alone. All right, I heard it. I heard it. Leave that alone, Pastor. All right. Agape is all about sacrifice, as well as giving and expecting nothing in return. This is what agape is. This is what God wants you to understand. Before you get into all those other types of love, understand agape. It's sacrifice. It makes you give, it makes you give up stuff that you, once on a ride, say, it makes you feel like, like you don't want to feel. You know? <laughs> it's got that uncanny way of, of making you feel all mushy inside when you want to be strong. 
You know, I agape my wife, and, and I said, stop whining so much. Why? Because I know she's going to get to me. You be whining about this, you want, well, no, get mad at me and ask me for some money. Because I know I ain't going to give you none in. But then she comes in, well, I just saw this, I want, like, can I get there? I'm like, shut up, be quiet. You, you, te- you, said you, you, you tear me down. You know, I ain't giving you no money. Going in my pocket all the time. How, how much you need now? You know, it's sacrifice. And that's why you have to wait on it so that you can understand it so you'll know what to do when you get it. Amen? Agape is a glue that holds all the others in place and gives you wisdom and patience when all other love fails. Well, how is that going to give me patience? Let me go back to it. God is love. Let me show you how it's going to give you patience because some people don't have patience. But anyone who does not, know, not love does not know God, for God is love. If they don't know God, baby, they ain't in love with you. Mm-hmm. That's why when you get up, grown up, and you start wanting to get married, you bring it to the church because the church represents God. So it's just not you and him and getting married or you and her getting married. It's you, her, and God. So if you come to the church and get married, to sever this relationship, you've got to go back to the church and see if it's okay with God. Amen. All right, that was deep. All right. But anyway, God is patient. God is kind. God's not jealous. You see, you see what all God is? But guess what? That's who you're supposed to be. You are created in his image and in his likeness. So therefore, put your name there. I'm patient, but I'm kind. I'm not jealous, boastful, or proud. I'm never rude. I don't demand my own way. I'm not irritable. I keep no record of how many times you wrong me. I don't rejoice in injustice, but I rejoice whenever truth wins out. I never give up on you. I never stop believing in you. I never lose faith in you. Changes everything, doesn't it? It's hard to get divorced when you hear yourself saying this. Because I would never give up. I'm going to always believe in you. I'm going to always be there for you. I'm going to always, I'll never lose my faith in you. I'm not sneaking out at night trying to sneak behind the corner and find out what you're doing. Why? Because I got faith in you. Mm-hmm. You were created to act like God. Are you acting like God? Are you acting like God? Are you really in love? Now, we're going to start getting a little deeper now. Everybody needs somebody to love. Everybody needs somebody to love. God knew his relationship with Adam was not enough, and that's why he said it's not good. It's not that Adam wasn't good, but the situation that Adam was in was not good. Because God was fulfilled of himself. So he created Adam to do something that what God wanted from Adam. See, 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 that's going to say a lot, too, because some of y'all have some relationships. You don't know what you want out of the relationship or you're not being truthful or forthcoming about what you want. God wanted Adam to love him with all his heart, soul, and being. Only way Adam could demonstrate that is that God give him something to love. Mm-hmm. See, you say you love God. And God blesses you with what you want. And he steps back and says, okay, 
Do you really love me? Abraham, you've been asking me for a son all this time, Abraham. Abraham, here he is. Abraham spends all this time with this boy, and then God says, Abraham, I've been watching this relationship that you got with this son, spending more time with him than you are with me. Abraham, give him to me. Sacrifice him to me. I want to know how much you love me. Demonstrate it to me, Abraham. Abraham took that boy up, got that knife up, and was finna kill him. And God said, steal your hand. Hold on, Abraham. Now I know. God didn't know how much he loved him until he demonstrated it. God want to know, how much do you really love me? Then he's going to ask you to demonstrate it. Show him. Some of you can't move to the next level in your ministry or in your life or in your marriage because you can't demonstrate love. Mm -hmm. So in this relationship with Adam, God realized that he wasn't enough. In Genesis 2 and 18, and the Lord said unto him, and said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help me. Do you see a God pay right there? Whatever Adam needs, God was willing to survive, provide it. Even if he meant he had to go back to creation again and create something for him. God says that's how agape, how love really works. It'll make you do stuff and go back to the drawing board. If this ain't working, I got to do something else. If your marriage ain't working, baby, you got to do something else. If your relationship ain't clicking, you got to do something else. You just rather throw it away. God knew that Nobody really wants to be alone. Nobody. When you go to death row, they even look for somebody to come and talk to them. Nobody. And they punish you sometimes by putting you in solitary confinement. Get you by yourself. You know what? The worst somebody you want to be in a room with? Yourself. Yep. You can't handle you. So how do you think other people are going to deal with you? You don't want to be alone with yourself. You can't handle it. So the challenge is simple. God want to know how deep is your love. There's a song that uh, Foreigner, when that Foreigner, that song, that song, Foreigner, and, and he made a statement, uh, the BGs, the BGs, that's what it was, the BGs. Now, now, young people, that's not a disease. That's a, that's a group that used to come out that used to sing back in the day, all right? They call them the Bee Gees, all right? It's not a disease, all right? So don't, don't get us twisted, all right? But, but he, he, well, he said, I, how deep is your love? How deep is your love? How deep does this thing go for me? God want to know, how deep is your love for me? That's why some of you can't enter to worship, because your love is not deep. You don't love him enough to go there. You worry about everybody else who's watching you or how you feel by raising up your hands or lifting up your hands or laying out on the floor. You, you, that, it ain't that deep. But there are some relationships that you're going to go through in life when you're going to fall in love and people are going to see how deep you love them. You're going to cry. You're going to be snotting. Mm -hmm. You can't eat. You can't sleep. Uh -huh. Then God says, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's how I want you to love me. Uh -huh. The way you love them. Uh -huh. Now, I had to step back and let you see how badly they were or how mean they were to you in order for you to realize what I said that I wanted. Everybody in here, who have not been hurt in a relationship in here? Raise your hand. 
Have you, hold on. If you have not, I didn't say you have been hurt. Everybody going to raise their hand. I just want to see the isolated ones. If you have not been hurt in a relationship, raise your hand. Come on now. Raise a baby hand, something. Come on. Nobody's hand goes up. One baby back there raised their hand up, but that's because he got a toy in it. Ain't that something? This thing is nothing to play with. It can hurt you. It would take your appetite. It would give you a house, but not a home. You can't play with this. And we play with it all the time. We play with people's feelings and emotions. That's why people click. You can't play with this thing. No, somebody loves you. You better be careful. I told you last week, when you got your hand in the lion's mouth, slowly ease it out, keep your eye on him, and bag up, get you a good distance before you take off running. All right? Because if you got your hand in his lion's mouth, you snatch it out, he see his meal. And the next thing you know, you don't get a chance to take a step because he's going to pounce all over you. Some of y'all in some situations, you got to learn to bag out. Don't force yourself. Just slowly bag out. Amen? <laughs> You're going to think about that when you get into it. All right. Now, somebody asked me once before, said, well, why would God tempt me? To test is a tempt? Why would God tempt me? No, it's not the same. When you tempt somebody, it's more seduction. You know, you've you got an evil motive behind it. But when you test somebody, there's no evil intent. So when God tests you, he's not tempting you to do wrong. He's testing you to see if you're going to do right. Amen? All right, let's go to the next one. Watch. What do you want? In every relationship, most people enter into a relationship and fulfill a need or a desire in their life. It's something that they want from you but don't have the nerve to tell you. In every relationship you get into, it's something that that person wants or the need in their life that they need fulfilled and they're getting it out of you. They're going to always tell you. They will manipulate you to get it because they can't tell you what it is. If I walked up to Miss King and said, I just want your body, baby, Miss King going to look at me and like, really? What would you probably say? Don't say it. I'm in the mic. But I know the lady that Miss King was, if, and you know, I got her now, so I'm okay. You know, but back then... If I had just walked up on her and said, look, baby, you know, like them, the guys, the guys say now, you know, guys, I know when I was coming up in youth ministry, had youth ministry, the guys' rap was, and I asked them to tell me what your rap is. How do you get her to do what you want? Man, I said, can, you know, can a dude hit that? They didn't say dude. They said the other word. But can he hit that? Hit what? Is that your rap? Is that how you get? Let you hit. Let you hit. Woo, you would have got hit. So in a situation like this, I realize that, that if you, and I tell women all the time, be a lady. Be a lady. Men going to be men, all right? They say dogs going to be dogs. I hate to say men and dogs, but they used to call themselves, what's up, dog? If you lay down with dogs, you get up with leaves. Amen? All right. I don't leave that one alone. All right. So it's something that I want. Now, watch this. I'm going to be honest with you. When I met Miss King, and I ain't never told Miss King this, so she's looking sideways like this. And I'm not going to look down at her while I'm talking about it, all right? When I met Miss King, I wanted something from Miss King, but I didn't tell Miss King. 
I entered into a relationship with her because I saw something that I wanted from her, and I didn't tell her. And I'm going to tell y'all now. I'm going to tell Miss King now. I wanted somebody who was going to be faithful to me. I wanted that. I saw that in her. I didn't know how or where it was coming, but I saw it in her that she was faithful. And I need a faithful woman because I wasn't faithful. It's something how we be that way. I wasn't faithful. And I saw how I made them cry. I saw how I hurt them. But I didn't want to cry, so I wanted somebody the opposite of me. I wanted somebody who's going to be faithful. I don't know what Miss King wanted out of me, but I know what she got. And she had to deal with it until, she, until God got a hold of me. All right? I know what I got. I expect to be able to run the street and do this, and you still be there loving me and being kind to me and loving me. I'm telling you the truth. I went into a relationship because I wanted something from her, but I wouldn't tell her what I wanted. Some of you are right now in a relationship, and you had still told your mate or the person that you're in a relationship what you wanted. Some of you are just lonely. I just want, to, I just want somebody to talk to. You got to be honest with yourself what you want out of a relationship. God, what did you want from Adam? I want somebody to love me with all their heart, soul, and being. Adam, what you want out of this relationship? That's a different story. Mm-hmm. So what do you want out of a relationship? All right. Are you following me so far? So you see the challenge. You see what you can do. I told you what God wanted. So watch this. And I'm going to give you a scripture on it so that you'll be able to see it. What did God want out of a relationship? Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 and, 30 and 40. The disciples come to Jesus talking about which is the most important commandment. What does God really want? What's the major thing that God wants? Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? What is the thing they really did to God's heart? What does God really want from us? Jesus replied that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the greatest commandment that's ever been given. It sums up all the rest. That's why God made you. He made you to love. And he wanted you to love him. You were made to love God. Before you put your love in anything or anybody else, you've got to pour it back into God. He is the balance that's going to help you to judge all other relationships out there in the world. That's why the love of many are waxing cold. We don't pour it into God. We pour it into cars. We pour it into people. We pour it into things. And we never put it where it's going to be able to keep. And in these last days, God's going to shake everything and find out where is the love that you promised me. He told us in the Word, he said, return to your first love. You don't love me because of this or that. You love me because I first loved you. I demonstrated to you first how much I loved you. That's why God wants you to love him. That's why he wants you to come back to him. Well, Pastor, what happens when things go wrong? What happens when it gets ugly? What happens when things get out of control? When a relationship goes bad, it falls apart. They make a good life <laughs> become a scary nightmare. 
Some of you right now are living a nightmare. You're just shaking yourself, saying, how did I get into this? Can I wake myself up? Uh-huh. I'm going to show you how to get out of it before it's over with, all right? It's at this point we need to be instructed on how to deal with our emotions based on God's word. And God is love. First emotion, or first thing I want to bring to you is Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The book says this, above all else, guard your affections. Guard your affections. What are affections? That's those tender feelings that I was telling you about at first. The thing that, that, that make you smile and make you laugh. I knew if I wanted Miss King, I had to make her laugh. I had to make her smile because I was ugly enough. Not ugly in, in look, but ugly in ways. Because I felt like I was a good looking. Everybody told me I was good looking. You know, everybody told me this and told me that. So I believed what they told me. And I used that for my advantage. See, some people tell people that they're ugly and they this and they this, and they can't do nothing for themselves. Their esteem get down. No, my esteem was way up here. I knew Miss King was coming over to the house. They, she already told me she was coming. She was late getting there, but, you know, I, I had set it up. I had set it up. So when she got there, I had my robe on. I was ready to go, but I had my little robe on, and, and everything came to the door of my robe like, uh-huh, look at, look at, look at that. You quit. <laughs> so, so I knew I knew she was just waiting to fall out on her knee and ask me to bear her. I just knew that. So I was just being patient. <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop, folks. She hit me up here. But I knew that if I was going to get her, I had to get to her emotions. I had to get to her affections. I had to make her laugh. I had to make her smile. I had to let her know that you could have fun with me, and then she would let down her guard. And when she let down her guard, I knew I had her. I knew I had what I wanted. I wasn't going to tell her. I'm looking for somebody going to be faithful to me while I mess around. I wasn't going to tell her that. But when she let her guard down, and I saw it, I went after her. And I caught her hook, line, and sinker. I don't even know when she fell in love with me. I just knew she was. I didn't understand it until one day I realized that I didn't have a fool on my hand that who wasn't going to let me get away with everything I was getting away with. I asked for more than I could chew. I realized one day Miss King came over to my apartment and I gave her these set of flowers, which I got some other kind of way. I didn't have no emotion, no ties to it, but I gave it to Miss King to try to make her think that I was all this and all that. She got those flowers, came to the balcony of my step, and just dropped them. Boop. I'm like, this chick crazy. You know, what's wrong with her? You know, so, so I was like, all right, forget it. That's another one bite the dust, another one bite the dust. So I wouldn't let her go head on. I got out, she went and got in her car and drove off like a lady. I know she was hurt, but I was like, <laughs> I'll call her back. All right, so I go out there. You know, I had a partner who lived across the street from, across the, across the, across the uh, walkway from me, and, and I didn't want him to see what had happened. So I went out there, sneaked down those steps, and I was getting all them flowers up out of the ground so he could see it. And when I looked up, he was laughing. I said, "God, dog!" <laughs> he said, "You got you one now, boy." I said, "No, nah, man, no, nah, no." Nah. I didn't know. I didn't know she had got me. 
I didn't know. I called her one night, and she wasn't there. Wait a minute, man. Hold on. So I called back a little later. She still wasn't there. Hold on now. I'm the player. Why do I feel like I'm getting played? <laughs> so, so I called her, and she was a lady. She said, oh, I was out with someone else. You, you, <laughs> you, you, you what? Someone like who? You know, I didn't even know nobody was around. I was so busy doing my own thing that I wasn't checking up on my good thing. That missed, you missed that one, didn't you? I realized that it wasn't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. Oh, why I needed somebody who was faithful, and I knew I had a faithful woman. She rocked my world when I realized that she had some feelings too. That she was emotional. That she wasn't going to just let me walk all over her and still be there for me. And when she got the gun, she was still a lady. Some of y'all women get the gun and you act a fool. You do the same thing that he was doing to you, you do it to him. Remember Emma Fudd? Remember uh, uh, that rabbit? Bugs Bunny? Emma Fudd would always be out the bug about bow, bow, boom, boom, boom. And Bugs Bunny just ducking and running. One day, Bugs got the gun. And Emma Fudd was running the bug like, bam, 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 bam. It was no fun to Emma Fudd because Bugs had the gun. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. And I'm, I'm going my time is up and I can't get through with everything. But, but I'm going to tell you this. All those who are out there playing the game, it ain't no fun when the rabbit gets a gun. Mm-hmm. If you got a good woman, and I didn't learn this, nobody told me, you better learn how to treat her right. You better learn how to treat her right. You keep hurting her. And she keep being quiet. She just might be holding something inside that'll really, really hurt you one day. Bow your head. We'll pick back up next week. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.